You're listening to the Americans for Truth Hour with your host, Peter LaBarbera. Each week, you'll hear compelling interviews with everyday heroes on the front lines of the culture war. People who put faith and truth above the lies of political correctness. Americans for Truth Hour will help you to stay informed and engaged on the side of life, marriage, and the God-ordained family. Please stand with us as we work to make America, in the words of President Ronald Reagan, a shining city on the hill. And once again, one nation under God. And now, here's Peter LaBarbera. Oh, welcome back, everybody, to the Americans for Truth Hour. We're happy to be back after our Truth Academy in Columbus, Ohio. And it was, uh, it was a wonderful event. We had some great speakers, including uh, David Capellian, who is our guest for the third week in a row. Um, David, are you there? Hey, Peter. Hey, you did a great job at the, the Truth Academy, and it was, uh, it was wonderful to hear you. And I hope many people ordered the tape. Uh, David spoke uh, about his theme of the advance of evil in our culture. Uh, David Capellian is the author of How Evil Works, Understanding and Overcoming the Destructive Forces that Are Transforming America. His first book got a lot of attention. It was called The Marketing of Evil. And uh, David is the editor, the managing editor of World Net Daily. And uh, David, thanks for being a part of the Truth Academy, and I hope you'll be able to be part of future Truth Academies. Uh, what was your impression hearing all that, uh, that teaching about the, the homosexual agenda in our culture? Well, first of all, I thought the whole event was terrific, and um, I would be happy to uh, participate again. And, um, yeah, well, this, you know, <laughs> this was a gathering of, uh, of people that kind of are focused on this on a day-to-day basis, and I, who thought I kind of knew the scene pretty well, learned a whole lot about just how advanced and pernicious the... Um, really the ongoing disintegration of our, our American culture uh, is. And, you know, I'm a journalist. I've been covering and writing about this stuff for a better part of 30 years. But uh, just being around some people that are, as I say, in the trenches every day, dealing with some of the current battles in a way that I'm not, uh, I, I learned a lot. It was very worthwhile. Yeah, and you, you uh, informed us all about the media bias. And, you know, we've talked about that in our two interviews. But really... The media has been, I guess, if, if I were to say, what is the outside as opposed to, you know, not the homosexual activists themselves, what is what is the most significant factor in the, the rapid advance of this uh, ideology, this, this sin movement in our culture? I'd have to say it's the media because the media went from sort of an adversary and dismissing the whole, uh, this, this movement as sort of a perversion movement, you know, not really taking it seriously, and to now being... Uh, an avid promoter of of the homosexual movement, really helping it it out in so many different ways. Yeah, that's exactly right. The, the media, their their role is to shine the light on evil in every area of the culture and the government and so forth. Okay, uh, but what we have is not that. We have cheerleaders instead for everything that's rotten, and so we could have the gay rights movement and the pro-abortion movement and the the stupid leftists and all we could have all the stuff that we have in this country if we had a a a really resolute and right-thinking media that would shine a, a 10,000 watt spotlight on all these things you know what we'd have a beautiful nation everybody could do their stupid you know uh, well we think it's fine to kill little babies in the womb and they could have they could have all their special interest groups but there'd be a 
a culture of truth and light because the media would lead it. But we have the media, unfortunately, the mainstream media, so-called, that are really serving the exact polar opposite function. They enable, they enhance, they cheerlead, uh, they lead. And, and one of the things I made in my talk, uh, points I made in my talk at the Truth Academy about the media was that we've gone way beyond bias. Uh, you know, uh, liberal left bias was what everybody knew about in the, in, in the 80s. Starting in the 90s, we've had actual infiltration where we have people like, you know, pro-choice uh, uh, feminists, and, 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 you know, radical gays that have actually gotten into the mainstream news media, the big broadcast and cable uh, network organizations and big newspapers for the express purpose of advancing their cause. They basically literally use the media as an activist tool. And that's why we have such madness in the media today. These people didn't get into the business in order to, you know, be fair and balanced and to inform the public. They came there in denial because they're believing something that's an absolute lie, and they their their whole lives literally revolve around maintaining that illusion, intimidating people that tend to break down that illusion, and what better way to advance that than through the media? Yeah, and you talked about also, um, I thought you said some interesting things about conservatives, and we've talked about it a, a few times here in our discussion the last couple of weeks, but I think you... you uh, you, you sort of explained it well to people because a lot of people are confused. They, they think, OK, I thought Fox News was the answer. You know, now you happen to work for World Net Daily, which I think is is uh, does an incredible uh, service for the country by covering things that are not covered. In fact, you know, you get reviled for the, the coverage on the birth certificate of Obama. But if it weren't, we were talking about this, uh, I think, at um, at Linda Harvey's house Um Linda Harvey, as Mission America, co-sponsored the Truth Academy with Americans for Truth. Um, but, you know, if it weren't for World Net Daily, this whole birth certificate thing just just would be nowhere. It would not even be being discussed. And now here it is. You got Donald Trump and everybody raising this issue. It's fascinating. Yeah, uh, a, um, I can't name it, but a CEO of a major talk radio syndicator in this country told me recently that this Obama birth certificate issue is the story of the decade. That's a quote. And it's the one that nobody nobody has wanted to mention and just ridicules and reviles you until recently. It's sort of more okay now because of Abercrombie first and then Donald Trump. And it's sort of unavoidable now because a uh, a probable presidential candidate is talking about it all the time. It's hard to avoid. Yeah, and it's just, it's just a testimony to, I mean, I know that's what World Net Daily exists for. In a way, that's what Americans for Truth does. We try to bring out news that's just not discussed. But it, it it's so interesting how um, even though the old media is uh, many people think it's it's dying or it's going to be a a pale uh, you know a comparison of what it once was uh, they still view themselves as the real media and they regard you know the World Net Dailies as sort of this uh, well you know the religious right or the the right wing or you know whatever but here you guys are uh, really in many respects uh, doing exactly what the media is called to do. Yeah, well, everybody defines normal and the center of the political spectrum as where wherever they are. <laughs> so the media, you know, way out there on the left, they consider themselves to be normal. That's why they, you know, Dan Rather really meant it, I believe, when he said he just couldn't see that he was biased. Because if you are exactly centered and in the, in the middle, 
not not in the middle in the sense of like between morality and immorality, but if you really have a very centered, normal position on things, then you're not biased, and that's how they see themselves. Um, so yeah, um, it's it's uh, it was a terrific conference, and um, you know I, I appreciate you having me there, and I'll, I'll just mention this because uh, you, you you just mentioned in passing about conservatives uh, and, and Fox News. Um, we, we talked about all the different reasons why nobody's covering this issue for the most part. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I still think there, there are all these different reasons, ways you can put it, that they think it's a lost cause and they think that it's, it's, uh, it's not worth it, uh, they're going to get boycotted, and all these different reasons, and they know somebody who's a, a, a sister or a daughter you know, or a producer, and they don't want to offend them or lose their good graces. Who's in the, who's in the lifestyle, the homosexual lifestyle? Yes, but I think all of them, in a sense, boil down to one thing, and that is um, conservatives, Americans, are intimidated by the subject. And it can take many forms, you know. You can be intimidated by somebody and suddenly turn very loving and thinking that you're sort of warming up to them and so they won't, the bully won't hurt you anymore. But I think that because we were talking off the air about the, the stuff that I write about, like in uh, the marketing of evil and how evil works, and I can tell you that you know, the more you look at things, sometimes they get more simple. They, 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 what seems complicated in its expression it actually becomes more and more simple as you get down to the roots. Oh, all these things have a common root. And we need to understand the root of evil. And I, I'm, I'm saying that intimidation is the watchword of what's happening in this nation right now. We're all, everybody's afraid. They're afraid of the gay issue. They're afraid of the left. They're afraid of Islam. Um, everything operates the same way. I mean, Islam operates totally on the principle of intimidation. <clears throat> Muslims are intimidated from birth onward. Okay, and, and in the West, we're so afraid of Islam that we cave in in and, and, and every area. Britain has 85 Sharia courts. Uh, the Department of Defense, after the Fort Hood shooter, when they did their whole after-action report, uh, couldn't find any, any possibility that Islam was, uh, was a cause, even though he <laughs> shouted, Allahu Akbar. Um, That's, <laughs> the, uh, it's the same. And, and they even invented a word, Islamophobia. Just like they borrowed that from from the uh, gay rights, the homophobia. We have we don't have enough words. We have to make up new words to intimidate and to defame people with. So with the whole gay rights issue, it, it works basically on intimidation, just like Islam. If you object to their efforts to transform America, you're a hater, homophobe, right. whatever. And, I, th- I and, think back to that Dr. Laura campaign where this powerful woman who. Was uh, you know they wanted to take her out because she called homosexuality a biological error, which right. actually is a is a pretty simple way of 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 encapsulating part of the issue. Certainly, it's it's uh, the implication is the parts don't match, and that's uh, that's true. And yet she ended up caving to the point where she took out not one but two full page ads in Variety magazine. David, yeah. Um, and and, if, and and that set the sort of set the standard for uh, a lot of the capitulations that right. we see. Right. Well, that's that. I used a kind of a graphic metaphor at the, at the Truth Academy, and I said that in the old days, the enemy storming the uh, the walls of the city, they they would just have to to behead one person and put his head on a pike 
there in the village, and everybody else would see it, and they would keep quiet. So when they killed Doc Delora's TV show, everybody else saw it, and they they got the message. They learned the lesson. They sure did. We're talking to David Capillian, who's the author of How Evil Works and The Marketing of Evil, which are both available at WND.com. I'm Peter LaBarber with Americans for Truth. We'll be right back. Americans for Truth, uh, and we're interviewing David Capellian, who is the author of How Evil Works and The Marketing of Evil. Uh, David is uh, a great journalist. He's uh, with, uh, the, uh, sorry, it's WND, which is WorldNetDaily.com. David, tell us about the, the relaunch or the, uh, the, what's coming to the uh, WorldNetDaily website. Well, yeah, WorldNetDaily has is, is, um, been around for 14 years, so it makes it, you know, uh, almost back to the, you know, the the, the earliest days of the internet. Um, we're in a major expansion. We're opening up a world headquarters in uh, Washington D.C. in a month or so. We will have a completely new website. I mean, it won't look anything like the current website. In a couple of months, we're launching Jerome Corsi's, uh, which what we think will be his third number one New York Times nonfiction bestseller. Uh, the other two, uh, one of them took down a presidential candidate. That was John Kerry, unfit for command. The other one was the Obamination. Third one is called Where's the Birth Certificate? Uh, WND is a book publisher as well as a media organization. We publish a lot of uh, a lot of edgy um, books that others might not want to, uh, to publish, but we've had many bestsellers among them. And this one will be out in on May 17th. So. A lot of big things happening. But, you know, these are such tumultuous and consequential times right now. There's so much happening. There's so much of a need for people to find out what's happening. People go to the Drudge website four times a day to see the latest outrage because every day there's, there's a new war, there's some new depredation, uh, new, new crazy scheme that Obama or one of his czars want to foist, you know, take over the Internet or some whole global tax or something. So... This is a very fast-moving news time, so it's, it's a good time for honest news media, and there are a few organizations out there, and uh, so that's why we're, you know, we, we're trying to fill that need, moving into more video, audio, we'll be having video studios in our uh, Washington office. Um, it, there's a need for it. And we uh, talked uh, in Columbus about how um, WND will be hosting videos that, sometimes, in some cases, YouTube censors, and uh, a lot of conservatives are aware of this, that YouTube, which is owned by Google, is has a strong anti-conservative bias, and unfortunately, the way it's set up, and this has happened to Americans for Truth, you get some uh, a bunch of gay activists complaining about something, even if their complaints aren't valid, and, and there's action taken against you on YouTube, and the reality is we need a, a web with the increasing importance of, of TV and video news. We need a safe hosting place. For these videos, because you just can't trust uh, the the liberals not to, you know, bow to the, the whatever the demands are of whichever liberal special interest group. Well, I say fine. Let YouTube censor it all they want, because all that does when we post it on World Net Daily and say, you know, censored by YouTube, it makes ten to twenty times as many people want to read it. People who wouldn't wouldn't otherwise go and click on that video when they see it's been censored, they're going to go and look at it because. 
you know, we're Americans. We naturally don't want someone to say, wait a minute, you know, you, you know some, some liberal gatekeeper has decided we can't watch this. We're, we're naturally curious. So it, it all works out for the good. Yeah, now, David, uh, off the air, you talked about a quote by William Penn about uh, uh, America under God versus America under tyrants. Talk about that for a little bit. Well, yeah, William Penn was, of course, the first governor of uh, Pennsylvania. He was a Quaker, a very, very, uh, you know, uh, pious Christian guy. And it's one of my favorite quotes. I keep coming back to it because it capsulizes what's going on in this world. He said, if men are not governed by God, they will be ruled by tyrants. And I don't think, I, I think we really need to understand this. You know, tyrants does not just mean like Stalin and Pol Pot and Hitler. We think oh, almost like a caricature. You know, uh, they, if we're not governed by God, you know, inwardly ruled by God, we're going to be ruled from the outside by sin. Ruled by sin, sin and irrational philosophies and systems like socialism and Islam and, and the affirmation that immorality and perversion are somehow normal and healthy. In other words, everything we're seeing in our country right now. And here's how I think of it. Okay, this is my take on it. You know, just take on the individual. We have something called faith that we're told is, like, really important. Okay, whatever that is, the Bible says, you know, by faith you're saved, Jesus said. You know, your, your faith has saved you. Faith for an individual is sort of, if I can just use a modern analogy, it's sort of like a force field that keeps out evil and it allows God to guide us inwardly, okay? It's an inner relatedness to God, right? Well, when faith is gone, okay, then this force field collapses and it creates this vacuum and sucks in all sorts of insanity and falsehoods in us. That, that's basically kind of a, a Star Warsian way of, of describing the way I see it. Well, this is the truth for countries, yeah. just as like individuals. America, I know there's some good folks here, but basically, corporately, okay, America has abandoned its faith in God. Um, and I'm not talking about number of people going to church. I'm talking about core fidelity to God and to the laws of God, okay? And that is a vacuum that is drawing into it all this perversion and tyranny and these seductive but false beliefs. Ultimately, they amount to slavery. We are not immune. You know, the Bible says all who sin are slaves. Okay, was that talking about, like, other people, but somehow America has, like, a different set of rules and God doesn't, like, take them really seriously here? I don't think so. Yeah, it's like, you know, American exceptionalism. I believe in American exceptionalism, but once you take the God out of it, we're, we're, we're not going to be exceptional in the way we avoid the judgment of, of that has befallen every other nation that's uh, went that way. Well, what's that scripture say, uh, to whom much is given, much is expected? Right. <laughs> in a sense, you can take it as a kind of a, like, you know, Jefferson said, I, I can't quote it exactly, but he said, you know, I... I, I it, it, I tremble when I realize that God is just. We've been given more than most. Many people were raised in a nation where they just, poor people, they're just brainwashed from birth. They, it's almost like they never have a chance um, or, or close to it. I suppose there's always a, Romans 1, there's always sort of a chance. You can look up at the sky and sort of know that there's a God, and even if you're in North Korea, you know. But but uh, we've, we've we've had an extraordinary blessing in this country for centuries and we're just like we're just you know we're just tossing it we're tossing it out the window uh right now and so you know and public policy a- can only go for so far Dave. i think that's what's um to those of us who are christians or even people who are, are strongly morally minded i mean we have readers who are atheists who, who understand completely the evil of organized homosexuality and yet there there's there's almost this sense of you know we we 
we, we sort of try to find political answers and political people generally, uh, you know, gravitate towards political answers. And we think, oh, the Republican Party. And yet, you know, I've said before in, in speeches and whatnot, you know, God does not bless Republican homosexuality any more than Democratic homosexuality. I mean, if the Republican Party, uh, you know, gives God the finger, then, it, you know, it's, it doesn't get any blessing just because it's the Republicans. It's worse because now it's hypocritical. At least the Democrats don't pretend to, I mean, that, that, that's why, Peter, that's why people that have like a moral failing, like they have, you know, they're caught in some kind of a, uh, a having an affair, if they are a, a, a Republican, okay, they're, they get much more, uh, they're attacked much more by the media uh, than the, the Democrats because they don't pretend to be moral. Yeah, Barney Frank, who's been there forever and ever, and they used to have a little whorehouse in the basement of his apartment, you know, with Stephen Gobi, and so I didn't know he was having a whorehouse right there in my apartment. I, did, I have no idea. This is, it was on a different floor. Oh, please. Okay, but somehow we just wink and not, oh, well, you know, because he's not being a hypocrite. He claims he's a pervert, pardon the language, okay, but he's an out homosexual. He doesn't claim to be anything else. He just says it's great and fine and thinks there's something wrong with you if you say otherwise. But somebody who is like a Republican, a conservative, who basically, you know, talks the talk of Judeo-Christian morals, and they have a fall, okay, then they are attacked as these horrible hypocrites, and it's understandable, because hypocrisy is a very bad thing, and, and you know, Jesus, uh, you know, he didn't take kindly to it at all. He's always talking about the, the hypocrites. So, you know, but that's, that's, that's the problem with being a conservative or a Republican in name only, a rhino, uh, and, you know, not being it all the, all the way through. You actually do a lot more harm than good. Do you ever wonder, like, I remember Michael Barone did a piece on how maybe the Republicans should go upscale and meaning uh, sort of support same-sex so-called marriage and, and you know, turn it around on, on gay rights. And, I mean, how does somebody who's as intelligent as Michael Barone, who's, you know, self-professed conservative and, you know, people count on for all these great prognostications about politics, how can somebody like that make such a lame um, argument. I mean, that's just, does he really think that if the Republican Party embraces sin, essentially, that, that's a long-term uh, plus that's going to help, uh, you know, help me, help me understand that, David. Uh, you know, I, I guess the most terrible thing you can say is they just, they they haven't really thought it through. They, they haven't tr- traced the branch down to its roots to see, if you let's say you have same-sex marriage, let's say you really destroy marriage because once you have same-sex marriage and you have polygamy and you have you know three, four, five men getting married together and you have any group, marriage becomes anything. Marriage becomes nothing. There is no marriage, and the core institution of of human life is destroyed. You know, if if you think about it, where do all the values that they like, like limited government, where do they come from? What allows for that? Why is there no limited government anywhere else in the world? Think about it. We have to think this through. It's because, you know, going back to William Penn, we're not bonded to God. When we are bonded to God, we don't need big government. We don't want big government because we have self-government. That's what self-government is. Right. And, and so... You know, if we want to have you know, a limited government that respects our rights as sovereign citizens, we need to be you know, powerfully bonded, connected to God, which means following his laws. Uh, and, and if we don't, 
you know, show me some place that lives in sin that is not ruled by tyrants. And, and boy, I'll tell you what, I'll buy you dinner because I've never seen or heard of it in the history of mankind at any place or any time. Wow. Well, I think you're, you're dead on. We're talking to David Capellian, who was a speaker at our recent Truth Academy in Columbus, Ohio. You can get the tapes. Uh, send an email to Americans for Truth at Gmail or just go to the Americans for Truth Academy button on the right side of our website at americansfortruth.org. We'll be right back. Are you sick and tired of homosexuality and gay marriage being celebrated by the liberal media and popular culture? Do you worry about the radical gay agenda being pushed on young children in schools? Are you worried that the gay movement will destroy America's religious freedoms? And are you offended that Christians are called bigots and homophobes just because they agree with God that homosexual behavior is wrong? Americans for Truth About Homosexuality is a single-issue group devoted to exposing and fighting the gay agenda. They are not about hate, but love for God's truth. They are Christians, so instead of celebrating homosexuality, they lift up the many ex-gays who have left it behind and now lead godly lives through Christ. But Americans for Truth needs your help. The gay lobby has lots of money, power, and media support, but it lacks truth. Please help keep this show on the air and educate America about the dangerous goals of this anti-Christian movement. Make your tax-deductible gift online today at AmericansForTruth.com. That's AmericansForTruth.com. Back everybody, we're talking to David Capellian and here at the Americans for Truth Hour. I'm Pete LaBarber of Americans for Truth. Our website is americansfortruth.org. David's website is uh, he works he's the managing editor for WorldNet Daily. That's WND.com. And if you're a conservative and you're not aware of WorldNet Daily, then you're well, you're not much of a conservative. <laughs> Actually, you're at least not an informed conservative because WND uh, really gives a lot of news, quality news that is just simply not reported anywhere else. And so. Uh, they're going to be revamping their website. We look forward to that. And uh, if you're listening to this and you would like to get a copy uh, by DVD or audio of the of David's talk, and uh, we had several other people there at Rena Lindevaldson, Matt Barber, Linda Harvey, Gary Glenn came. That was a surprise. He's a you've heard him on the show here before. Um, and uh, Greg Quinlan, a, a former homosexual, just go to our website and. Uh, we will have it up soon. Um, uh, the DVD set is only $49, I think, and the CD set is going to be about 40 bucks. So send us an email to americansfortruth at gmail. Okay, David, uh, really quickly, because um, we've got two more segments left here with you, and we appreciate your time. It strikes me, and, and we've talked about here, that in order for evil to advance, there has to be certain audacious people. You know, you had... Margaret Sanger challenging birth control laws. You had uh, the, the idea, you know, whoever it was, I don't know who was the leader of the feminists who, you know, put forth the idea that uh, home, that killing a child is just a choice, you know, <laughs> pro-choice. Sounds so good. Uh, Kinsey with his, you know, sex experiments. And then, you know, as WND has reported and others, Judith Reisman, uh, you know, this, this, this landmarks sexual so-called study, which has, uh, uh, you know, data on child molestations. Um, is it? Do you think? Uh, just, just summarize if you would about how the, the people come along. Maybe it's that the times have to be ready for them. But you get people like uh, Kinsey who come along, and then they then almost as if they they throw the evil into hyperdrive. Yeah, it's it's quite amazing. People like you just said, uh, Alfred Kinsey, Margaret Sanger. 
who on any objective basis are are uh, pariahs on society. I mean, she was basically a eugenicist, friends of Nazis. Kinsey also was a one of his primary, quote, researchers, with about ten quote marks around it, was a pedophile convicted Nazi, you know, a guy named Von Bulow. Uh, and, and so the thing is this. We... we um, I write about this in How Evil Works, my, my newest book. Um, we, normal people, okay, don't know how to deal very well with intimidating, aggressive people. I mean, you think about it. What, how, what do you do? Most people get upset around them, okay? Well, but what happens then? Well, it's kind of invisible, but you may just sort of grumble off and say, oh, he's crazy. But other people start to agree with them. We, we, we have this, it goes back to we don't, we're not inter, internally connected to God properly, the little faith discussion mm-hmm. we had before. So somehow it gets in us. I, I, I have a whole chapter, it's called How Terrorism Really Works in How Evil Works, and it's a chapter on the Stockholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, in a nutshell, you get so intimidated that you side with the intimidator. And I'm not talking about just playing along so he won't hurt you, okay? But for real, conversion, the whole idea of spreading Islam at the point of a sword, that's how it works. They're not just playing along so they don't get their head cut off. They actually start to believe, and they do it to other people, like a vampire uh, biting a victim, and that becomes a vampire. And this is kind of like a, a little bit of an exotic idea, but, we, but in, even if you don't get totally how it works, you can look at the world and see that there's something really strange going on that's more than meets the eye. Why would we have somebody who comes along, like Margaret Sanger, who says, we should kill all these black people? Read what she wrote in her own words, not what some like pro-life person is going and paraphrasing and putting their spin on it. Read these people's own words. Mm-hmm. It's literally insane. Mm-hmm. It's indefensible from any point of view, liberal, conservative, atheist, believer, it's all completely insane. And yet, there's a major organization, Planned Parenthood, largest abortion provider in the world, lots of your tax dollars paying for it every year. Um, Alfred Kinsey is still, you have the, you know, his Kinsey Institute, University of Indiana, and there they are. Uh, it's, it's basically the, 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 you know, it's the, it's the scientific cover for the entire sexual revolution that's been going on for the past 60, 70 years. Um, so I'm saying that we, we need to understand that we don't deal very well with people with powerful personalities and audacious, crazy philosophies. We like to think we say, wait a minute, that's crazy. I'm not accepting that. Okay, some do. A minority. A lot of people just look at Nazi Germany. This man was nuts. Look at him. It, it just, I don't speak German, okay, but you look at the arm <laughs> waving up and down, the silly mustache. I mean... <laughs> Really? How could an entire nation follow this a, person? Right. And, and, and how could so many people who knew better let things happen? And, and you know, of course, everybody's heard about the, uh, you know, the, the rise of the death camps and, oh, people didn't know. And then, of course, the people who took orders, you know, d- did things that, and, that they knew they shouldn't be doing deep down, but they did them because somebody told them to do it. Uh, but, but then also, you know, you, you have the degrading of culture. And, and, you know, David, you had spoken earlier of this glee kiss, which I hadn't seen before until before the Truth Academy. And so I finally went online and I played this awful, seductive teenage male homosexual kiss. 
Yeah, it wasn't this little peck. This was like a long, this slobbering, is like a slobbering mouth, t- at least know. ten second, and it was yeah, done yeah, seductively. Yeah. And I have to say, uh, my soul was shocked by this. And and I just I believe this is another watershed, another sad watershed for a culture on its way down. I mean, the, the idea that they would put two teenage boys up during prime time. In a, quote, romantic, if it was a male and a woman, you thought you'd think it might almost be beautiful. But two men, two young men, it was just... And they're not just two, like, walk-on actors. These are, like, regular actors that people know and are bonded to and are rooting for. Yes. And they're already, you know, they've already been conditioned to think, wow, these are the heroes. These are the good guys. It is absolute brainwashing. You know, I, I, we, we tend to think, oh, you know, brainwashing, that sounds like some kind of like right-wing talk. I, could, <laughs> I have to tell you, you, you read Marketing of Evil, and you realize we are swimming in real-life brainwashing in this country all the time. Tell me something. Stand back and look at this country. Take a look at what it was 60 years ago, okay? It was a safe, decent place, Okay, and you had Ozzy and Harriet on TV. Look what's on TV now. We're talking about two young men kissing and slobbering. Okay, we, you know we are we are swimming in all types of mind control and emotional manipulation that is not just haphazard and random. It's designed by people. If we put this image up, it will pull people more toward the way we want them to think. This is what Hollywood is all about. And in fact, we talked about it in terms of desensitization, which is the word that our, uh, you know, after the ball, you know, the, the gay rights marketing playbook, uh, you know, the, the uh, you know, the Saul Linsky of the gay rights movement. This is what they describe as the first phase of brainwashing, wow. of mind control. These are terms they use, mind control, an attack on America's consciousness. But we're beyond. Now we're, now we're, I don't know what phase we're in, but we're well down the road. I mean, that was something even the homosexual activists before talked about not putting their behavior out front. I think even Kirk and Manson talked about that. You know, now they're at the point where they say, hey, we can just go for it. You know, how many young men saw that kiss, that, that perverted kiss, and decided, hey, that's it. I'm gay. I'm going for it. You know. I mean, it, it, you or, don't or, or you even, don't get much more evil than what we saw on that on that for, episode. For everyone who thinks like that, there are a thousand more who thinks, well, gay isn't so bad. And the little bit of yuck factor they had in them of like, Ew, they they tend to doubt that. They tend to think, wait a minute, maybe I'm kind of bigoted. Maybe I'm ignorant and hateful. And what they're doing is that yuck factor is from God. And they are, they are literally doubting their own common sense, their own conscience, everything the good Lord put in us to protect us from evil. They're now doubting, and they are thinking that that's the evil, and that, you know, that, and, and they are embracing something that's, that's corrupt. This is a very sad, very dangerous thing. And so the, the whole bottom line of it, P, I'm sure you agree, is that, like, you know, I, I, I heard... Um, uh, uh, Pam Geller, okay, who's terrific on the Islam issue, she's talking about, she says, listen, Islam, don't tell me I'm an Islamophobe, and I'll make the comparison with, with homosexuality. She says, I don't care if you worship a rock, okay, just don't throw rocks at me, okay? Mm-hmm. So I think we could say, look, I don't care if somebody wants to be gay, it's too bad, it's not good for them, body or soul, and if I have the opportunity, I might try to witness to them and show them something different. But basically... It's live and let live. Mm-hmm. It's not my business. If they want to be gay and do whatever they want, that's fine. That's not what this movement is about. And you know much better than I do. This movement is about forcing 
validation on everyone to the point that if you don't agree, you will be shut up, you will be intimidated, you'll be marginalized, demonized, criminalized, whatever it takes to maintain the illusion that evil is good and up is down and black is white. And that's what's wrong with the gay rights movement. Otherwise, I could care less if somebody down the street wants to be gay. Fine. It's, it's too bad. I'm sorry. And I would love to help you. But, you know, the world's full of sin and problems. People have been murdered and kidnapped and raped while we've been on the phone here for the past, you know, 45 minutes or so. We can't be responsible for everything that's happening in the world. We, we do what we can, what comes to us, and we try to make it a better place. But the reason there is this movement, the reason you have your organization, I believe, the reason the WND covers this is not because we're against homosexuals. It's because there is a certain part of the, which is not all or even, I don't think, even a majority, but a part of the gay, quote, community that has become fascistic and tyrannical and literally wants to force their belief and validation down the throat of, you know, five-year-olds and, and, you know, and the military and everything. Yeah, now the military, let's talk after the break, let's talk about how now, according to code, and I think uh, it was mentioned at our Truth Academy, if if a Marine uh, captain sees uh, a couple of privates kissing two men, uh, as long as it's not over the edge, he's going to have to let it go in the mall, as long as they're in civvies, right? Right. Incredible. We'll be right back with David Capellian after the break. Talking to uh, David Capellian from WorldNet Daily and author of How Evil Works, and uh, you know we were just talking. David spoke very eloquently about this uh, this awful kiss on Glee, which is a Fox program. Fox supposedly being associated with more conservative uh, viewpoints in this country, but it was really a watershed. And and David, you know the the thing is here, um, <laughs> we are in, in a way a nation deluded, as you said. We we don't really follow God anymore. But there's all this talk, you know, we, we still sing God bless America and and so many people uh, think of themselves as moral. But but there comes a point where you just look at the facts, you know, are you following basic biblical precepts? One of them, the one we covered, Americans for Truth, is basically, look, sex is between men and women in marriage. That's what the sexual union is. That's how God made it. He made man for woman and uh uh, you know, that's what a marriage is, Jesus said, and hearkening back to Genesis. And yet now it's like, hey, a couple of guys kissing on TV. Hey, you know, don't be so uptight. Don't be so intolerant. You know, uh, men walking with only their tennis shoes on, completely nude in San Francisco. Oh, you guys at Americans for Truth are such prudes. <laughs> I mean, it's like we really when do does society ever really admit that it, that it's it's now against God in so many respects, or is that just part of the the grand illusion? You keep saying you're a, a Christian nation. Well, you know, we still have like 80% of Americans self-identify as, as Christian. But, you know, being a Christian can be like being a Republican or a Democrat. It's like, you know, you, you register as a Republican. You could really be a, a rhino or a Democrat at heart. But... Your, your registration says you're a Republican. Well, you can, you can belong to a church, and maybe you've been baptized or whatever, but does that mean that you really are you know, a follower of Christ in, in the deepest sense? I, I don't think so. I think if that were, if that were the case, we wouldn't have the, the kind of you know, un-Christian and even anti-Christian culture and, and laws 
that we have in this country. I mean, if four out of five voters are Christians, why do we elect so many you know, anti-Christian people? That doesn't make any right. sense. Well, you do have your useful idiots who are, and I talked about a guy named Andy Marin at the conference. Uh, Andy has written a book called Love is an Orientation. And it's just, you know, he talks about, you know, they talk about gay Christians and, uh, you know, the sort of Christians who, just like in the battle against communism years ago, you had people who were maybe well-intended, but they they sort of said, you know, uh, hey, there's a lot of uh, uh, everybody eats under under Marxist governments and, um, and there's less crime. And, you know, you had these sort of use, useful idiots. I can't remember who coined that term. Uh, but people who advance an agenda, even though they would never say that they actually are, you know, for example, a, a pro-homosexual activist. And and uh, then you also have the you have the likes of a man who just who just died recently, Peter Gomes, who was the uh, basically the head preacher. He was the professor of uh, Christian morals at Harvard College. Now, of course, Harvard is Harvard was once a Christian college, but this man was a homosexual. In fact, he was a homosexual activist. Let me just read a quote by Peter Gomes. Um, and, and get your reaction. In his book, uh, The Good Book, Reading the Bible with Mind and Heart, Peter Gomes wrote, in the case, quote, in the case of the Bible and homosexuality in contemporary American culture, the tragic dimensions of this biblically sanctioned prejudice among the most devout and sincere people of religious conviction are all the greater because no credible case against homosexuality or homosexuals can be made from the Bible unless one chooses to read Scripture in a way that simply sustains the existing prejudice against homosexuality and homosexuals. The combination of ignorance and prejudice under the guise of morality makes the religious community and its abuse of Scripture in this regard itself morally culpable, uh, end quote. So we have, again, you know, the pro-homosexual side using moral language to advocate for homosexuality. Yeah, I don't get how a guy who's supposed to be a Christian who says, you know, biblically sanctioned prejudice, okay, um, what the Bible says about homosexuality is, uh, look, there are a lot of things in the Bible that are, uh, you know, maybe hard to interpret, but like Leviticus 18.22, I think it is, is, is not one of them. That's the one that says, thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind, it is abomination. Okay, it is elsewhere where God calls it detestable. These are fairly strong words. Okay, and so uh, you know, but look, this is uh, this is this is what happens where people that are their whole lives revolve around keeping um, uh, keeping uh, their denial alive, keeping their rationalization alive, and spreading it, and stopping people from or intimidating people uh, who who are trying to you know tear down their rationalization and their denial. They get into these high positions. Okay, so he's a professor of Christian morals at Harvard. I could tell you Peter Singer, who's the head you know, ethicist at Princeton. Right. This is a man who says it's perfectly okay to kill not unborn children, but born children out to 30 days after birth. Wow. He actually said that and wrote that and since has recanted because he had so much of a firestorm. But this is a guy who's supposed to be a top ethicist, and that's probably <laughs> the least ethical statement I've ever heard in my entire life. Amazing. So, you know, the fact that you somehow, you can be, listen, you can be fueled to, to have the, to, to go and to get your doctor and postdoctorate work and to climb the ladder and get to these positions based on hatred, based on the desire for revenge. I once asked Judith Reisman, why do so many judges and heads of colleges and heads of departments are 
there are pedophiles. These are people she told me about. I can't, you know, remember all their names, but it's astonishing. The rotten people that get to top position, she said, it's a desire for revenge. They're, they are the rage, the revenge. They, they are turbocharged with a fuel that you and I know nothing about that, get, that makes them go through all the crazy stuff you have to do for 10 or 12 years to get all the doctorate degrees, you stuff, and to climb the ladder and do all the things to get to these positions where a person like Peter Singer, who can say you can take the most beautiful creature in all the universe, a newborn baby, and it's perfectly fine to kill it. This is what I call clinically insane Behavior. This is the kind of person who could be put into a mental institution or a, or a maximum security lockup. It's so crazy. And yet, he's an exalted leader, and people look up to him as an ethicist, a professor. Okay, Okay, well, David, uh, hold on. We've got two more minutes left, so we do want to have, leave on a positive note here. Oh, yeah. You spoke at the conference about you know, what, the, 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 the importance of knowing the evil is so you can stand for truth. So close us out with that. You've got two minutes. <laughs> Oh, Pete, you know, it's tough talking about evil. You always want to find the positive side, the good <laughs> side, and you have to pick through it a little bit. Listen, there's a tremendous good side, and that is that, you know, evil wakes people up. There are a lot of good people in this country, and, and suffering is a powerful tool that God uses. It's why we have the Tea Party movement. It's why we had the November election. It's because a lot of crazy stuff was going on in Washington. So the one good thing about evil is that it tends to wake people up that were a little bit asleep, too busy doing this or that or raising their kids or watching Jeopardy or whatever they were doing. It wakes them up. And so there are a lot of people that are waking up right now. And, you know, the leftist thing doesn't work. There is no collective salvation. It's individual salvation and a suffering of, of, you know, suffering under all the evil that we find in our own life and is surrounding us with all this crazy stuff in the culture we're talking about. It, it can really, you know, it, it leads to individual awakening. And I'm telling you, if you have enough people with an individual awakening, that's what beautiful societies are made of. Beautiful people with beautiful families. Uh, the whole country is not dead. It's not like one organism where it's all alive or all dead. There's pockets of life all over here, just like after the fall of the Roman Empire. Seventy years later, there were all kinds of places that were still beautiful in the Roman Empire. So America can come back, okay? But we need to nurture that, and we need to you know, speak the truth. So lies are seen as lies, and truth is seen as truth, and then the good people can, uh, you know, can, can you know, come back to life again and hopefully enlarge and one day we'll have our country back. Well, thank you, David. And you're one of the good people. And we so appreciate you being part of the Truth Academy. You can get the tapes for the Truth Academy at americansfortruth.org. Send us an email at americansfortruth at gmail.com. Uh, thank you, David, for being on the show for three parts. Yeah, no problem. Now, God bless you. And, and thank you for your work at WorldNet Daily. I'm Pete LaBarber, americansfortruth.org. Go to the website. Thank you. This was the Americans for Truth Hour with your host, Peter LaBarbera. Tune in Saturdays at 11 p.m. to hear compelling interviews with everyday heroes on the front lines of the culture war. People who put faith and truth above the lies of political correctness. Stay informed and engaged on the issues of life, marriage, and the God-ordained family. Please stand with them as they work to make America, in the words of President Ronald Reagan, a shining city on the hill. And once again, one nation under God. The Americans for Truth Hour, Saturdays at 11 p.m. on AM 1160.